Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast Classic Edition. I'm Ralph Quattrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Deborah Murphy. I'm John Quattrucci. I'm Chris Coker. I'm Drew Gould. Well, hello, everybody. Everybody Welcome have a back, good Drew. week. Welcome yeah. back, Drew. Ooh, yeah. Thank you. Good to be Drew. back. Drew misses out on the Ron Robbins, though. I got to tell you, Drew, you missed some good ones. Oh, I'll address uh, that in my What Did I Watch? Don't you worry. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Here <laughs> we go. Speaking of which... Drew, what'd you watch? <laughs> well, let's get I that right t- off the tape. I want to. I want to talk about. Um, I not want to talk about. It. I just want to recommend. There's a video of a bear trying to attack uh, uh, pigs in a pig pen. That is extraordinary and is worth your time. It's not gory or anything. It's just. It's got a whole twist ending. It's great. Um, so uh, I like how I leave, and then you talk about all the Jewish stuff and the good Nazis. And uh, I just want you to know that I did watch both of them. And also, you didn't mention the part in the story of Noah where his daughters uh, drugged and tried to rape him after the uh, water went down. Because it's there's just so much heartwarming in that story. It's about family. That's a family movie for sure. It's about it's about family, like the Fast and the Furious movies. It's about family. (laughs) So I want to talk about um, it's. It's a movie and then the, the better version of the movie, which is um, disappointing. I watched a movie on uh, Hulu called Fresh. Mm. It stars Sebastian Stan and uh, Daisy Edgar Jones. And it's, you know, the classic story. It's like going to tell you about what it's really like for women to meet men and date. And then he turns out to be this guy who's going to hold you hostage and cut off pieces of you and sell you to be eaten by uh, wealthy, you know, 1% of the 1% type people. So, you know, the usual stuff. Yeah. The problem is it's gotten, it's gotten some good uh, press. It's not awful. It's not a torture porn movie, which is what I thought it would be. But I found when I was watching it, I kept thinking of everything else that it reminded me of that was better. So like it, it's, gorgeous it's grotesque it's a first movie it's beautiful hannibal is better it's wow. um you know it's dramatic insightful story about what it's actually like to be a woman in the modern era so go see promising young woman that's a lot better if you want to see uh how far the one percent will go to you know it's literally eat us up and use us up for their own gratification so watch squid game like it's just there's a lot of it was like or so out. green Soiling or green. soiling green. Speaking I mean, like Get Out is about you know it balances social commentary and and wicked tension, and it was also better. Hmm. So I I can't really recommend it. It's not awful, but also if you hear anything about it, you'll probably hear some sort of crazy grand guignol, gory, blah blah blah, and it's sort of there, but it's not interesting. What surprisingly was quite interesting. Talk about a movie that's about other movies. I uh, watched the new Scream. Um, which is following the trend of it's a remake of the original movie. So we'll just call it the same name. And now nobody knows what we're talking about, like Halloween and yeah, Texas Scream Chainsaw Massacre. And also. Yeah. It's Scream yeah. 2022. So technically it's the fifth one. And uh, it's really good. Hmm. It's just, it's okay. really fun. It's really fast. Uh, it's, uh, it's got a nice balance of the original cast members and new cast members. And of course, that's all discussed in the movie because it's a Scream movie. So they talk about the rules of horror movies and the rules of sequels and all this other stuff. And I found it um, way more fun than I thought it would be. It's on Paramount Plus. And if you like the original first couple of movies, especially, it's worth your time. It was fun. 
Yeah, I watched that, and I love the first Scream. Yeah. And I like the second Scream. And I thought this mm-hmm. one was good, very meta. I mean, they were just overlapping requels, something about requels. And, yep. and, I, and I thought, though, Courtney Cox and um, the woman who played the main – I forget her name. Nev right? Campbell. Just, Nev Campbell. Kind of mm-hmm. walked through this one a little bit. It was a little tired. You know, they were there because of the original, and I think, you know, well, people want to see them in there. That's part of the rules of a requel is that you don't focus on the old characters. You oh, bring you them go. back but to I give was atmosphere on. to the, And well, Courtney Cox's lips and, you know, all that. But Yeah, uh, all the good stuff. Yeah, all, all the good stuff. stuff. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was fun. It yeah, was I didn't fun hate it. I didn't hate it. I actually enjoyed it, but I just felt like, you know. Yeah. I didn't know whether I wanted to see that one. A little too meta. But I love horror. That's what people want. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's fun. If you like the first one and the first one being meta about horror movies was like a, one of its big hooks. This is it's just fun. It's just this one fun, was bloodier, too. Movie. This one, they went for it's the way kills. gorier. Yeah, they, way the gorier. other one, I remember they, they they shot away from the kills. This one, they went right at it. Yeah, so no, there's that, too. So. All right, uh, Sean, Debbie, what did you guys watch? Anything? Well, I got to say, we watched a documentary that John recommended last week. About the making of the oh, Ten yeah. Commandments, which was very good. good. Oh wow! And seeing Eddie G. Wow. Robinson in that made me want to see um, my favorite movie about poker, the Cincinnati Kid, the Steve McQueen movie. Yeah, great movie. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, um, that was a film where everyone did great. I mean, um, Hal Ashby was the editor, and he became a great director in the seventies and the eighties, and. I think John Colley, who was like an associate producer, became a studio head. And if you look at the credits, it's like everybody on this movie, you know, really moved on. It was like one of those lucky movies where it was a great conf- confusion of, I shouldn't say confusion, of Confluence. Talent. Confluence. Confluence of talent and all. And um, it's a really good movie about poker. Um, Steve McQueen's very cool as usual. And uh, it's set in New Orleans, and um, it, it, you know it's a, it's a um, my favorite movie about poker. So I did really? like the opportunity to see Robinson it. was great in that movie. Yeah, and I always love his line. You know, you're good kid, but as long as I'm around, you're always going to be second best. He played him. He lo- I love the way he played him. Yeah, and it's a great performance by Robinson as the old man. You know, going against the young kid and the cocky kid. And Carl Malton is great. Is like this really honest guy who is forced into being corrupt in the film, you know. And uh, it's 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 a it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a that reminded me of the Hustler. Yeah, yeah, very same much vibe. same yeah. vibe, you know. So, but that's your favorite poker movie, huh? Yeah, I mean, what else do you have? Rounders. Well, there's so many to well, you choose got rounders, from. You got um, yeah, I don't you know, got rounders. Poker, there's a you lot got, of poker scenes, a lot of movies. You got Molly's Game. Molly's Game. Yeah, Molly's Game. Right. But this is really about two people, you know. I mean, just it's really about guys playing cards more than any anything else, you know. It's cool. You know, it's it's a great film, and I recommend that any poker players out there. Not that I would ever play poker or Debbie. We play poker all the time. <laughs> poker, I, think I, barely knew being, I think he was trying to deflect I, a little. I played last night, and um, I I had so many chips. I was the chip leader, and all of a sudden, I start. I was number three instead. We we're down to three people. Hey, chip in a chair. Yeah, but I had a ton of stack of. Um, a stack. Uh, Where are you playing poker? Free poker. World Tavern Poker. World Tavern Poker. It's a free it's poker league. It's so much fun. 
but by free you don't what you just play but with chips not yeah, yeah you just play well with you, chips. if you win you have a chance of winning big at the oh. they give you a seat at the world series of poker oh, oh wow and there's various regionals man i would pay to see debbie at the world series of poker man i would be there for that are you kidding me i hope i get good enough one day but All right. um debbie did you watch anything or we watched we uh born yesterday and okay we'll talk about that in a moment yes okay uh uh the podcast. Uh, John. Uh, well, I continue to watch Two and a Half Men. Oh, my God. And, and I think what disappoints me the most about it, I, I, I'm telling you, I never watched this, and I'm just dying watching the show, how funny it is. I think what I find so disappointing is Charlie Sheen is so good in this show, and to see the trajectory of his career, what happened to him, it's it's really disappointing to me because he was so good in that show playing himself, basically, but he's it's just so funny. But the other thing I've I've watched, uh I watched Free Guy in the Adam Project by Ryan Reynolds. Mm. Um I think um I like the Adam Project a little bit better. Um it had a little more heart to it, although time travel movies, the plot is always you can drive trucks through the plot holes, and there was a lot of them in that movie. But I really did enjoy it. And I I, I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. Now the thing about Ryan Reynolds is uh, he plays himself in just about every movie. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because Jimmy Stewart did it. Uh, Henry Fonda does it, you know. So uh, I, I think he's an easy person to watch on screen. He's And the kid in the Adam Project was really, really good. Um, the Free Guy movie, my wife uh, rose after 15 minutes left. She couldn't watch it. Oh, she, we loved it. We saw it. She didn't get it. Went back to the theater. With the- I, I, there was something about the, the beginning of it where they had to explain so much of the world and video games and stuff. And I don't think she connected with it. So she just, she couldn't. I've never seen her do that before. She's never even I mean, some it's of a the, remake of the Lego movie, that one. Well, well it is. Yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I yeah. really did. I like uh, I like them both. But the the, the Adam Project, they really try to shove the shove the heart the heart down yes. your throat in that film. Well, and it was they a hit every Spiel, every Spielbergian. Well, I was going to say it, it looks like it looks like an eighties nostalgia yeah, trip. That's what, that's what they're doing. I'm totally that's the vibe they're for. going for. I'm totally uh, but except it, they, it's it's there's something there's something. I I, I liked it, and it, it had about a, it. Yeah. It, there were there were very touching moments in it. Yeah. And the special effects were very good. And like I said, the kid holds his own against Ryan Reynolds. I mean, there's yeah, no doubt about good. it. Yeah, he's pretty good. There's a so, scene uh, in the bar with, with Jennifer Warner that I Yeah, think that is. I'm looking Jennifer for Garner. Isn't Jennifer Garner? Jennifer, I see a Garner. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Jennifer Warner's a musician. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I recommend both of them. I think, they're, I think uh, they're both actually pretty good, and they're both on HBO Max right now. But I'm telling you, if you've never watched Two and a Half Men, and believe me, I was against that show because I think the few episodes, uh, the few pieces of episodes I saw were in the later seasons right before he crashed and burned. And it was just super. I just found it super raunchy, like like not funny raunchy either, just raunchy to be raunchy. And and I'm only in the first two seasons and there's a little bit of it, but nothing really bad. And it's it's actually really, really funny. So I, I'm, I'm you know, I'm anticipating the trajectory is going to change about the fifth season. So. But again, what a waste! I mean, he well, is when he really starts getting funny. the tiger blood, that's probably when. Yeah, he's and it's yeah. too bad because he's good. He's well, how's he doing now? He's not doing anything right now. But I mean, it's, how's his it's, mental state? Have you heard? Well, I don't know. He he's not well. You know, once he got fired from the show and everyone ridiculed him, he kind of just uh, went away. Uh, but if you remember his, you know, uh, Hot Shots 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, his he early films, there was a lot of uh, well, Wall know, Street. I mean, he was there so was good. a lot Wall of Wall Street. There, um, yeah, he, he went off the rails. He I did, say and it's too bad because I, 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 like I said, he's really funny on the show. I mean, John Cry is great too. I mean, I don't want to dismiss him. The chemistry between the two is unbelievable. And my favorite character is Rose because she's right, beautiful. And everybody, a hang psycho. on. Internet has gone. Oh, make the connection. Yeah, might be my connection. I rebooted. Everything came back. So, well, that's good. Did you, uh, did yeah, you get so, the first half? Yes. Right. You did not have to repeat. What? So, John, you were in the middle of. Saying what a great actor Charlie Sheen was. No, weren't we talking about? We're uh, talking about Free Guy. We're talking about uh, free, uh, the Adam Project Free Guy, weren't we at that time? Oh, mm-hmm. I thought we were yeah. done with that. Okay. Well, anyway, so, move on could- to uh, Chris. What'd you watch? Um, well, uh, guys, I actually went back to the movies this uh, this weekend wow. uh, with my uh, with my son. We went to go see uh, Death on the Nile, uh, the new oh. Kenneth Branagh version of the Agatha Christie novel. Um, uh, yeah, strangely enough, I was watching, rewatching, uh, Murder on the RNA Express, and my son, who's younger, he's nine, uh, got really into it. So when I had some time, he and I went to go check out the film. Uh, he, he did a great job, loved it. The movie itself is, um, interesting, you know? Uh, I like Kenneth Branagh a lot. I like his take on Poirot. I mean, there's been a lot of different takes on that character. I will throw this out here, though. Um, I found this out later that he actually filmed it in Egypt. But all of the images, like especially like the background and the skies, they're so unbelievably like filtered and modified and enhanced. I really couldn't tell if it was like the real pyramids or the real Sphinx. And I'm sure that it was seeing that he filmed it in Egypt, but it was almost like um, like an uncanny valley for like landscapes. Do you know what I mean? Like it was weird. Like I literally was watching it going, are they really in Egypt? And then I found out, and then interestingly enough, Criterion actually has the 1978 version uh, of Death on the Nile starring um, our good friend Nero, Peter Ustinov, as Poirot, uh, along with David Niven, Mia Farrow, Betty Davis, just a ton of people. And it was kind of like we talked a few weeks ago about how in the 70s, they would just pack all those actors into one thing. Uh, those movies obviously lend themselves to having a bunch of different people in it. Um, but that film obviously shot... Um, in uh, you know, in Egypt, with a high level of reality, a little bit more tongue in cheek, I think, a little bit lighter, more more comic touch. Uh, but I recommend them both. Um, I think I actually like the '78 one better. Yeah. But I have to, but I have to admit, it just made me want both of them. Just made me want to take a uh, a few night cruise on like a paddle boat, you know, like one of those like river boats. It just seems so like relaxing and cool, and I don't know. Anyway, I enjoyed both of them. Uh, but I think I actually like the 78 version um, by uh, John Hillerman a, l- a little bit better than the, the newer one. The newer one had a lot of kind of razzle-dazzle and flash to it. But your it's, kid uh, liked it. Your kid liked yeah, it. He did. You know what? Amazingly enough, it was a little over two hours and he sat there. Um, you, know, you know, Chris, when they were filming that, they went behind the scenes and they went behind the sinks. And guess what? He really sinks back there. Uh, you know what? Debbie has to throw one joke in a show. I, it's like she's waiting for the moment. Unbelievable. <laughs> you'll have to get your son. This is How old's your son? You said eight? eight? He's nine. Nine. Well, you know, to sit in a movie like that for two hours and like it, he may have to get on this show. We may have to ask him some questions because uh, I like the first one. I like the Orient Express mm-hmm. that Brownow did, and I, I can't wait to see this one. Is Army Hammer in this one? He is. Was which- this the last... 
That was one of the things where it was one of those things where it made me think about the question is like, when did they actually shoot this? And obviously because of COVID and everything, there were probably, and probably still are tons of film that are films that are done. They're in the can. They're just waiting to be released. Right. Um, and so I think this one was probably supposed to be released probably two or three years after the other one, which came out in 2017, but obviously got delayed until they felt like maybe somebody would go see it in the theater. Yeah. Um, the first, just- yeah, you know, but uh, long story short, uh, yeah, he, yes, he is in it. And I was kind of surprised when I saw him. I was like, yeah, I oh. love the whole mustache gag with uh, Brana with the yes. Perot. That's, that's yeah. pretty funny. It's pretty yeah. good. All right. I'll be quick. Uh, two things. I'm going to talk about two things, but two things quick. One, I watched the whole Pam and Tommy thing on Hulu. Oh, so good. <laughs> and it's really good. Uh, you talk about, uh, I always talk about uh, equipment porn. Well, this has got equipment porn and internet porn all mingled together. Um, it's an amazing show. The, the, the allegiances I have for each person in the show go up and down and sideways. You're, you're, everybody's sympathetic. Even Tom, uh, Pam and Tommy, I kind of had a whole, I have a whole different perspective on what they were put through, even though I, I you know, I couldn't stand him. And he's the reason that the shit went down because he was such a dick to supposedly a carpenter, if that's big, really true. A really big dick. Really big dick. Right. Exactly. <laughs> huge but, talking dick. Huge talking penis. Um, but the, the, the stuff about the tape, the high A tape that he found, and then the whole converting the tape to VHS and how the internet was starting, the web, people still didn't know about WWW. Uh, it's just real fun. Um, good show, good series. Again, like all these series, I think they're, they're it's eight shows should be yeah. five or six shows. Yeah. yeah, I mean, could actually be a movie for, for God's sakes. It's like the actors on, I know the why they're doing good. The uh, Sebastian Stan. You forget, the, you forget yeah. who they are. Really? They were amazing. They really, yes, amazing. they really envelop the roles. It's amazing. The the makeup was amazing, and I mean, you talked about like. It's just there's so much crazy stuff in the movie and in the show, and it's what happened. Like he yeah. really did dress yeah. up like their dog and yeah. sneak onto their property yeah. and then wheel the safe off on a handcart. It's crazy. Like, and then yeah. left. I mean, what I liked about it was that, um, you know, Tommy Lee is a bastard. He ripped off this guy who's who's no prince or anything, and Tommy Lee got punished for it, but so did his wife. Right. That was and the whole point. She yeah. was you know one of the bad guys of the story when it happened and it's it's another one of these stories like why is pamela anderson the bad guy why is monica Lewinsky the villain and i'm glad that we can look at it with different eyes now because um it, it's just it's just awful what happened well and awful. i i i felt sympathetic to tommy even i mean she definitely deserves the sympathy based on what went on in this one um because she was put through the ringer for no reason. Every like you right. said, everybody thought they did it, and they didn't do any. It got stolen from them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, she's got like a with, documentary that she made about it coming to Netflix later this year. Apparently. Oh, good! I can't wait to see that because they did not participate. Yeah, and the whole Jay Leno, the Jay Leno, like they really picked on Jay Leno quite a bit in this one, which which well, I think is good. A, speaking of dicks, I mean he yeah. is. I that that appearance that's in the show is actually a composite of two real appearances. So the way yeah. that she talks to him about what happened to her and how it felt is that was, I mean, I just like the stuff, the, powerful the scenes stuff. in the, yeah, the scenes in the writer's room with him when all this yeah. is going on. The second thing I'm going to talk real quick is it relates back to our conspiracy thing. I was watching a show shot by C-SPAN in January of 92 about the JFK movie, Oliver Stone's movie. And on the panel were critics, movie critics, government critics, uh, and a senator, Senator Henry Gonzalez, who I guess was at 
he was in Dallas the day Kennedy got shot. And he was talking about all the movies, and he called out Executive Action as <laughs> one of the films about the conspiracy. That people, if you want to see a conspiracy film, this is the one to watch. Uh, you know, JFK, it's, you know, it's some facts. You know, all of these movies are all based on slight facts, but he called out Executive Action, and I felt pretty. And that was from 92. It's amazing to watch these C-SPAN things from 92. I mean, uh, it's it's like built-in podcasts. It was before social media, but everybody has all the same crazy conspiracy ideas and throwing it out, people yelling at each other. It was fantastic. All right, but now we're back to this show. Let's get back into 1950. Debbie brought a film to the table. Debbie, what's your film? The film is Born Yesterday with Judy Holliday. The director was George Cukor. Cukor? Yeah. And um, she won an Academy Award for this film. And it was nominated for Best Picture and um, Best Director. Best screenplay. Best screenplay. But she's the one that won the award. And she was, um, the story is about. Um, well, yeah, let's watch the trailer first. Okay. And then after the trailer, uh, give us a little synopsis. Yesterday stars Judy Holliday in her history-making stage role as Billy Dawn. Blonde, beautiful, brazen, and oh, brother. <clears throat> Are you one of these talkers, or would you be interested in a little action? Academy Award winner Broderick Crawford as that man of distinction, Harry Brock. And William Holden as a guy with a nose for news, an ear to the ground, and an eye for a blonde. What are you doing? Well, if you don't know, I must be doing it wrong. Come a long way from the chorus, all right. I wasn't only in the chorus. I spoke lines. Really? I could have been a star, probably, if I'd have stuck to it. Why didn't you? Uh, Harry didn't want me being in the show. He didn't want to share me with the general public. What's so important I should get married all of a sudden? If you ever got dragged into court, a wife couldn't testify against her husband. Anyway, you've been engaged for seven years. Never understood why you waited this long. I didn't want to be rushed. Look, this way I give her something, I'm a swell fellow. We get married, she's got it coming. Wow, that's wow, that's classic. I love those trailers from that period. Yeah, I mean, really, they all have that look, don't they? Yeah, that's incredible. Old. What's the film about? Okay, it's about uh, Judy Holiday. She um, is a chorus girl. She meets with this uh, very... Chorus girl? She had lines? She did. How many? Five. Five lines. And she had a real high voice. She also played a role similar to this, uh, which she used that same role uh, voice uh, in another... I can't think of the film, Sean. You, you would know. Adam's Rib? Yeah. She was the thank you, John. You're welcome. And she played the similar role as the um, the same kind of um, you know, cla- I, they would call it class class A, D class A, not classy, but D class A, um, a person with you know a, an axe, a heavy accent, 
from Brooklyn, maybe. And um, she, you know, acts like a ditz. She comes out as you see her with the, um, she's the girlfriend of this high roller. I mean, he's got trash, money. trash man, trash man. Yeah, yeah right? he's, he owns trash. Broderick so, Crawford. I, you so, know, I had no idea that was Broderick Crawford. Yeah. I only he won know the Academy him from, Award. He had won the Academy Award the year before for Best Actor. Oh, wow. Well, the only thing I knew him from, what's that cop show he was on? Yeah. Um, Highway <coughs> Patrol. Something. Something when I was a kid. He, he was old to me. I saw this guy super young in this film. I'm like, holy cow, that's Broderick Crawford. So he's a trash guy, and she's his chorus yeah, girl girl. He's in a junk. Yeah, junk, yeah. But she's 29, and how old do you think he is? 60, 55? She said she was 29. I no, think Broderick Crawford's character? Yeah. No, he's in his, like, 40s. But the way he looked, um... No, he looked young in this. He everybody looked young. Holden, you know, those days. <laughs> well, those days, yeah. William Holden didn't look old in this. No. Mm. And he looked smart because he wore I glasses. I think I have a new man crush, by the way. I think William oh, Holden. Yeah, he plays a... Style like 17, baby. All right, so, okay, so so... He, she's his okay. girl. She's his, uh, Broderick Crawford's girlfriend. What's his name in the film? His name is, uh, oh, Henry, Henry Brock. And he goes to Washington. He goes to Washington and he. To steal a congressman to, to yes. what? To, to pay off a congressman. Pay off a congressman. Get off. And they're, um, they're introduced to the congressman and his wife. And she just doesn't sort of fit in. You know, she's like, um, not sophisticated at all or knowing what, how to act. You know, she has no couth. She's very uncouth. So uh, her boyfriend wants to hire um, well, William Holden as, um, you know. As a reporter who's a reporter, like, there to write a story about Brock. Right. There's also Brock's lawyer, right, who's there. Who could have been and, the attorney general. Okay. And the whole time he's there, she's making her sign papers, right, because she's, she's uh, somehow she owns pieces of his company. Yeah. Because they're yeah. not married. They're not married at this point. They're not married. But they've been together a long time. Right. Seven, years. Seven, years, seven years or something. Yeah. And uh, they live in this suite. So I don't know how they got away with that in 1950 to be together as unmarried people and living, you know, in the same hotel sort of set up. Well, the and senator's wife gave her a little kind of look. Oh, not married. Right. She gave a little eye, eye yeah. thing there. Well, but if you remember, they, were, they, they were living in that suite in D.C. because they were visiting D.C. Yes. But yeah. they also had separate did, bedrooms. Did you that hear was, how much that she, the price of that suite, she said? Uh, $400. No, couple, yeah, 400 bucks $400, a night. $400. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one tank of he gas. Got a whole wing. He got a whole wing there. <laughs> that's right. right. He got the whole floor. Right. He yeah. got the, the whole wing. floor and everything. You All know. right. So he wants to hire William Holden. To educate, educate her so that he can bring yeah. her to parties and she doesn't embarrass him. Right. Even though he's a total brute, like a boorish yeah. douchebag who's pushing everybody around and treats yeah, everybody like he, crap. He's got he lives money, at, so it's okay. He lives at high volume. He's also on the shady side. Slightly. What? Not very much. Slightly. So anyway, yeah. uh, William Holden and um, Judy have a, you know, they have a uh, chemistry right from the beginning. And, uh, you know, well, that happened quick, too. Yes. And as soon as they're alone together, <clears throat> at the very next scene, they're kissing each other. Well, and she I'm hit thinking, on him pretty hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she was the one, you know, he was like the uh, tutor or whatever. And yeah, he was uh, teaching her read books and yeah, teaching about history. And she was hot for teacher. Yeah, <laughs> she was. She was really into him. 
And he kind of said, put the brakes on it a little bit. Yeah, no. he said, don't yeah, just for one night. Don't just put the brakes on it for one night. Well, he was also worried about getting whacked. I mean, oh, come on. Yes, yeah. indeed, yeah. I mean, right in the same hotel, you know, scenario and everything. He could have walked in any 200 bucks a week. <laughs> I'll pay you 200 a week. Oh, he's not going to do it for you. I'll give him 200. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, it's yeah. like. <laughs> so anyway, you know, right away, the, the thing is, there's so many. It's it's comedic. It's so funny. All the things, the pranks. She, her character is just really riff with, you know, slapstick and, and just cute, you know, and just the way well, she, she was adorable. Her. I mean, her, she's dancing around and doing little quirky things. And yeah, she was cute as hell. And she's playing gin rummy and, and she does a couple things. And I mean, they really had her, her boyfriend and her initially, they had a relationship, you know, was solid. Yeah, yeah. Some good things happened, some bad things, but mostly they were having like, you know, a long-term type thing. And, um, she didn't know what was, I mean, she was coming from uh, the chorus line, you know, she, her world was very small and then she's with this millionaire. Well, she's like, wow, this is great. And we'll play gin rummy all day. And the next day you play gin rummy and the next day you play gin rummy. And it's probably not all that for her, even though she's got, you know, all these beautiful clothes. She's got two minks. Well, but before she got educated, she, she made the point to say she was happy. She was happy with that life happy. that she chose. That's she was a, very content with that. Yes. Yeah, was that, a, there was a little guy always there with alcohol, yeah. some little guy with yeah. a hat on. It was the cousin, the cousin of Brock. The cousin, serving yeah. Constantly gin and tonics and whatever. Scotch yeah, he's, like, whatever. he's like Jimmy Kimmel. Like The whole family is there just helping out all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that was working for him. And everybody was a little bit uh, drinking all the time. You know? He also, so William Holden's character also takes her out, Paul Varel, Paul Varel, yeah. takes her out to the sites of Washington, D.C., right? And the movie was shot in D.C., obviously. Yeah. So yeah. Lincoln Memorial, they go to the Jefferson, Jefferson. they go to the National yeah. Gallery of Art, and she's she's learning stuff. She's picking things up. And she was smart. I mean, you watch that gin rummy scene, right? And she's beating him every time. And she's doing all the math like that. Like, he's giving her numbers, and she's just jotting everything down. I mean, she was, she was, you know, what do you call it? It's dumb like a fox. Yeah, right. That scene is very important because it reveals that she is smart, that she does have the ability to comprehend things. And she, in her own way, she's smarter than him. Oh, yeah. And it, that scene, I think, was very essential to set up because she goes through a pretty big transformation in a very short amount of time. Kind of. I mean, I thought it was going to be more of a transformation. But anyway, get so. So, yeah. So she, he's teaching her things and then. Yeah. They fall in love somehow instantly. Well, the thing is, it's all physical. You know, it's all on the surface. Again, she's moving from one, you know, physical realm into the other. And, and the, the point I was thinking when I was watching this movie, she got, I said, man, she has no loyalty for this boyfriend. I mean, she had she didn't stop to think a minute, you the know, boyfriend she, that hit her. Yeah. Well, he didn't well, hit her until the, the end of the second yeah. act. Well, we well that's when we saw him hit her in this movie, right. but I have a feeling that he was hitting her throughout her whole relationship. Yeah, was I was going to say, I don't think that's the first time he slapped her. No, no, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the I, first time I saw it. No, <laughs> but it was the first time. Well, wait, it, it could have been the first time that she wasn't compliant to him. And that's well, yes, why. she was getting so, smarter. So that's a di- he. She became a different person. Yes, but that's because not- he he begrudge. I mean, you you know, throughout the movie, he confesses begrudgingly that he loves her and he yeah, doesn't yeah. want to not be with her. 
So I don't know if that's necessary. I don't think she was a strong enough character to not do what he wanted till she goes through the change. The other thing I think you got to be, you got to be aware of it, You know, the movie makes it look like it's a couple of days, but it's a much longer period of time because of the amount of books that she read. Yeah, That's right. how, you know, it's a much longer period. William Holden talks about all the various books she read. It's not a two day thing. This has been happening over time and they've been growing closer and closer and closer. Even though in the movie, it seems so compressed. It's really not. Well, she hit on him on the first time. She That's right. Him. Hitting she on hit him is on one him. thing. Falling so in she love, was though. already, she was already not before she got hit after her transformation is what you're talking about. She right. was already hitting on William Holden right. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, if she does that all the time. I but think she, she assumed that's what he wanted. Because that's how I read William that. Because all guys, all guys, all that's they right. want from her. That's, that's right. right. And he didn't. He, he had, didn't want that. William Holden had respect for her where her right. boyfriend did not. Yeah. You know, he did, he diminished everybody. Everybody was a prop to him. I mean, his lawyer. Oh, he treated her like everyone else, like the help. Yeah. She was the help. The like the lawyer. And the, you know, I thought it was a great scene with the congressman when um, Brock is yelling at the congressman and he leaves the room and Billy Holiday calls him in. It's like, why are you letting him talk to that? Right. You're you the know, one with the power, you know, right. and the sense of shame like the congressman feels and he appreciates what she's saying, but it's making him feel ashamed. I thought that was. I thought that was nice. Well, wasn't that scene after she was in the Jefferson Memorial reading yeah. all that? Right, yeah. Right, yeah. So, right. You know. Yeah. So she was well, learning what she was doing. What her boyfriend was doing was wrong. You know, putting him in his pocket for financial gain. So you know, she has some kind of you know um, epiphany. Epiphany, and she just really at that point just. Um, Gives up on him. Well, oh. not exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it took a little <clears throat> bit. You know, she had to also figure out about why she's signing those papers all the time. She figured that out. Yeah. Right. And I guess her and Hold, William Holden and her hatched that plan, right? He must have hatched that with her because he had to go in and steal the, steal the documents. Right. And mail them to himself so he wouldn't get killed or whatever he did that for. Um, I just thought William Holden. You know, we're talking about her. She was great. Don't get me wrong. You can see why she won the Oscar. You can see why someone on screen would fall in love with her because she was adorable, right? Uh, But William Holden, to me, I just love watching this guy do his work. No no matter what age he's at, like all the films I watch with him, even Towering Inferno, like he went all in on that one too. The guy is, the guy was amazing. How about Network? I'm yeah. so like I was like that's an easy one to throw out there, but oh. Towering Inferno, you think everybody kind of just slums on those, and even in that one he was great. Starlock Seventeen, I mean, I, you just go down the list of this guy. So I see him in this, and he looks so young with the glasses, and the, it just it was it's an amazing thing. A little contrived the way they fell in love instantly. Okay, I mean you well, lose some of that. Yeah, it was all physical. You know, that's that's gonna. Well, she asked him at the end, "Is it my body or my brain?" She, at one point, she goes, "Is it my brain you like now or something?" I forget what she said. Anyway, so so he said both, right? I think he said both. Yeah, um, it's fair. But yeah, I like uh, how I like how well, he kissed her, and then he wasn't interested in it anymore. So she's like, like she later says, "There's a moment when a man and a woman." Where it either happens yeah, right. or it didn't happen. And she's like, we had that moment. 
It's and it didn't happen. So like now he's just a teacher and he's like, no, no, no. Maybe the moment hasn't happened. He was still hoping there. Yeah. He was still hoping. All right, Drew, you haven't said anything yet. Jump in. That's why you're here. I, I had, I had never uh, seen this movie. Um, I had never seen, or I don't even think I really even heard of the remake. Um, oh, with Melanie Griffith. mm -hmm. I watched this. Why is that a, this is what I, I've heard that before that, that, that working girl. No, 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 not no, working no, girl. no. They remade There's actually movie. a movie. Oh, called I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. With Melanie Griffith as the lead and John Goodman as her. It uh, wasn't John Johnson. The, the John Johnson was the. Oh one. my God, yeah. that's yeah. the. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I get yeah. so confused about that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, working girl, working girl. You could see it's definitely a. You know, well, it's an homage to that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, I've never seen the working. I mean, the um, the born yesterday remake, but I watched the trailer and it's. I mean, it looks very faithful, um, even down to the shots of like the gin game and, uh, them yelling at each other and things like that. But I, I felt like it didn't really do anything for me. It's weird that it won awards against All About Eve and some of these other towering movies that were up that year. It, it felt like it wasn't, I didn't think it was bad or poorly done. It just felt like a dorky Roman holiday, except it had a happy ending where Roman holiday is about two people from different places that find each other. And it has like a, a really, you know, beautiful story and ending. I'm not faulting it for not being a Roman holiday, but they're so close together that I, I just felt that comparison. And I, I think uh, it's also, it's just so many tropes of the era with the, uh, you know, dumb blondes are a certain way and um, smart guys have glasses and gangsters are blustery and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's not its fault that the movie is more than 70 years old. And it's one of the, those movies that set those kind of tropes. Exactly. So I, I think it's hard to go back and watch some of these movies. Like it's hard to go back and watch citizen Kane now and be completely impressed with what it looks like. If you don't know that the reason everything looks like that Uh is because he did it first. And that's why it's so extraordinary. Right. Um, But I uh, I was trying on, let me just, cause I want to jump in just for a sec. Cause I always complain that I can't watch these films with my 2022 eyes, right? My new eye. Mm -hmm. I just can't. And I, with this one, I want, I feel like I'm, I'm always the naysayer in these shows when it's an, when it's an old film. And I, and I said, I'm going into this one. I'm just going to treat it as if contextually I'm just in the film. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I still couldn't get over the stage play. I know it was a stage play before it was a film and that's what they did. And I just, I don't, I love, I liked it. I liked it. I want, I, I enjoyed it. I thought she was fantastic. I can see why, what her appeal was. I think William Holden was fantastic. Even Broderick Crawford really played that thing well. But again, like you're saying, it's just hard to imagine how this thing could win awards like it did because it seems so, like, like slight, like, slight. Well, she's like ad, like the Adam Project. The way I felt about the Adam Project, which is it just has no beef. There's no meat there. You are definitely the first person in human history to compare the Adam Project to Born Yesterday from 1950. <laughs> I'm just I, saying, I commend your innovation. From a level where they're trying to make something beefy out of something it. that's not. It's like oodles and noodles versus rom. You know what I mean? It's, it's <laughs> well, it's obvious to me why it didn't win more Oscars. I didn't realize this was the same year All About Eve was out. Yeah. And, and, and that, that is And it. Judy Holiday won because uh, Betty Davis and Ann Baxter canceled each other out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably why she true. won. Yeah. I'm, not, I, I'm thrilled because uh, most comedic performances don't get recognized. So mm-hmm. I'm thrilled she got recognized, but that's why she won. I yeah. mean, Betty Davis should have won. 
Yeah, she was all about Eve. Not even close. I mean, is that the one yeah. they did in the Betty Davis movie, Betty and Betty and? Um, no, 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 no. That's whatever happened to Baby Jane. Oh yeah. no, I'm saying, but the Oscar thing where they canceled no. her. Uh, no, no. Okay. Betty Davis was nominated for an Oscar for whatever happened to Baby Jane. Oh, okay, okay. And Joan Crawford screwed her out of that. Now Joan was this Crawford. was this Judy Holiday's shtick after this, or was this her shtick before this? This this she she was in the Broadway show with Broderick Crawford, and it was a gigantic hit. In fact, mm. when they when they wrote the movie, they wrote it for Gene Arthur, not her, for for some reason. And then Gene Arthur couldn't do it, so they. It's like you know Rex Harrison. They didn't want Rex Harrison for My Fair Lady. They wanted someone else. It doesn't make any sense. So she she was she. I mean, she was a huge hit in the Broadway show, and uh, she did a scene. I think Adam's Rib was before this, and there was one other role she had that that she was recognized for. This was her big big uh thing especially because she won the oscar and also you got to look at it that um garson canaan also wrote adam's rib as well mm -hmm. so he was a fan of hers yeah. but apparently when gene arthur turned it down they wanted to go with audrey hepburn but decided she didn't have the body that's right for the film right i, th I think she felt audrey hepburn felt that way too she yeah. wasn't right for the role i mean judy holiday was perfect right yes. Now, the writing was interesting. You, you can mention the writing, Sean. Well, I just thought it was um, – it's interesting, um, and I'm just quoting what was on, C on TCM, but um, – so Garson – it was a huge payday for um, Garson Kane. The writer. Because he got a million dollars for wow. the rights to the play, which is – a million dollars is a lot now, but in 1950, yeah. that's a lot of money. Well, that was a four hundred dollar uh, suite that they were renting. But that also yeah. tells you how big a hit the play was that they yeah. were willing to cost the up is, that money. They thought he would write the script for free because right. they paid him so That's much right. for the play, and he's like, "No, I'm not writing it for free." So they brought in Albert Mannheimer, and he wrote the stage adaption. But when George Cukor read that script, he he didn't like it, and since he was personal friends with Garson, he said, "Could you come in and write the script?" He said, "Yeah, I'll write it, but no credit." Yeah, he, yeah, he did it uncredited. That's right. Yeah, so in sense, he wrote this. He did kind of write it for free, but he wasn't doing it for the studio boss. He was doing it for his friend. And it's a Chris, really, it is Chris, a you, that was a great ahead. script, all about Eve. But all about Eve was a monster script too. That yeah, you can see why this one lost. I mean, all about Eve is probably one of my favorite '50s dramas, and. Um, you know, so it's um, and very a very sophisticated film in itself. Absolutely, too, and with great performances. And I really, I really enjoy this film. It's um, you know, right? You know, it's easy to see that Broderick Crawford. He's a blustery guy. He's a villain. You know, he treats her badly. But you, you know, there's even a little sympathy. You know, him talking about he's been working since he's fifteen. You just get the sense that he loves her, but he's incapable because of maybe the way he was raised or emotionally. He's really incapable of, like, loving somebody. You know what I mean? So you feel bad that he, you know, you don't want her to stay with him. <coughs> but you sense that if if that knew her stayed with him, she might have, um, she would have been good for him. You know, but he, you I know. Don't know. I, don't, no, no. I don't know how you say that. I feel that Broderick Crawford. You know, brought in just the edges some vulnerability. I mean, he's a, don't get me wrong, he's a monster. 
you know, he, you know, he's yeah. a um, William Hurt to be sure. But um, you got to yeah. feel sorry. There's got to be some sympathy for the devil there. Yeah, you know? you know. So you know, I mean, he obviously really he's cares. He's worried. Yeah. But then when like he thinks he's coming up on the elevator, you know, he gets all hard again, right. turns his back. You know, meanwhile, he's like, have you seen her? Have you seen her? You know, I mean, he just seems to be incapable of um, of being, showing vulnerable emotions. Or caring anything about anybody but himself and what he wants. You know? Yeah. Well, again, I think he looks at everyone as an employee. Even yeah. though he loves her, he looks at her as an employee. Yeah. But every now yeah. and then he let it out a little bit. You know, why aren't you marrying her? I love her. I, I, you know, I want her to be here. So there was a little bit of that. But it, was, it wasn't really about him. It was about her. All right, let's let Chris talk a little bit. Oh, I was just going to say, um, you know, I watched the trailers and it was great that they had like the original trailer um, from the 50s. Um, I always like to see the way that, you know, that they marketed films like that. And, you know, you watch the trailer first and it, and it seems like it's going to be a pretty straightforward kind of romantic comedy. Do you know what I mean? William Holden, you know, here's a chorus girl. William Holden shows her a new world. She leaves, let's face it, older fat guy for William Holden. Who wouldn't, you know? Um, I think she should go with the fat guy. <laughs> um, it's William Holden. Let's be real. Okay. Anyway, but what what I ended up getting and what I, I liked, Debbie, about this film was that it, it really was something very, very different than just that. You know, I thought it was going to be, a, a you know, what looked like, because even in the, in, the, in the trailer, it's got a lot of great lines, a lot of... <coughs> I was expecting kind of a romantic comedy with a lot of snappy dialogue, right? Um and I got something a lot darker than that. Um, yeah. you know, that scene where he just, uh, he knocks her around is really jarring. Yeah. You know? Cause it's like there you get it. He kind of pushes the other men around, but when he does that to her, um, you know, and he's obviously using her as a patsy uh, for his business, right. you his know, corporations. And, and all of that kind of stuff. And she is just not with it. And uh, so, yeah, it, it does. It is a nice kind of, uh, turn there i mean i didn't expect that darkness and and when you talk about it getting nominated for a lot of stuff i mean i think this is at a time where we probably very rarely saw you know any kind of uh, spousal abuse we'll call them spouses at this point spousal abuse and that kind of stuff so i think this that for the time i bet you this movie felt like it had a bit of a hard edge on it even though there's still a lot of like romantic kind of hey we're going to pull off this caper and all that kind of stuff um Compared to today, no. I mean, you compare this to other movies about, you know, uh, domestic abuse, um, and it's it's not all that this movie was about. But I, I really did kind of enjoy that turn that there was this kind of much darker angle. Yeah, it pivoted. It really pivoted. Yeah, but how many movies point. are there about the 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 abused spouse, whether it's mentally or physically? Mm. Yeah, who end up getting smart and getting out and doing this, which he did. I mean, it's, it's, we said working girl. I mean, well, yeah, you're talking about today, but back then, you don't think I'm just saying in general, that archetype of the, the dumb, the dumb woman who's with, well, first of all, that dumb blonde like that was very different than you normally see. There was a few before her, but she really, she really patented that whole thing. And in gangster movies, they were, they would slap around the malls, you know, but you really didn't see it like that. And I agree with you, Chris, because I hadn't seen this movie before I've seen clips from it. And when that scene happened, I, it was very shocking. I was like, wow, that's that was like real in a movie. Yeah, that, because you, know, you didn't expect it from him. That's right. Even though and he her was reaction mastery. to it yeah. was, you know, she was scared. Like, yeah. he's going to really hurt me. Mm-hmm. And then she, you know, soon after that, she gained strength. 
and he looked like he was going to hit her again, and she just went right up to him, and then his true colors came through. He wasn't going to mess with it, right? So I, I agree with you. That really it, it took a it took a weird turn at that point. But again, the script is based on the stage play, so this is what happened in the stage play, and that's what I. Yeah, I'm sorry, Chris. Yeah, I want you to finish before I say anything. Oh no, I was just going to say that you know, like I had never seen this film before, um, and uh, yeah, no, I was really pleasantly. I don't want to say pleasantly surprised because that sounds wrong. Um, but at the same time, I did, I did kind of enjoy what turned out to be a much more kind of dark film when I thought I was basically going to more get depth a, to it. Yeah, yeah. When I thought I was essentially going to get a piece of like 1950s, you know, Doris Day, Rock Hudson type. Of. <laughs> you got it, man. Exactly. Drew. Yeah. And Instead, I said, you got Mrs. Smith goes to Washington. So, <laughs> well, her solution, you know, most of these films end with her getting the whole company, right? Her yeah. solution was like, she no, I'm going to didn't want the money. I'm going to, I fell in love with this guy. Yeah. I'm going to give you your one travel. contract a year, one contract <laughs> a year keeps him in tow and she gets to go take off with you. John, what you, uh, there's more you want to add. I'm confused. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I love this movie. I'd never seen it before. I've seen clips from it. And uh, as everyone knows, I love the classic films and I, I can't believe I hadn't seen this one. The state, uh, the script is, uh, very similar to the stage play. And, and you're right, Ralph, it is staged very stagey, like, you yeah. know, uh, Broadway stage, but George Cooker really opened it up. That's why they, I mean, they could have done this in a studio, but they didn't. They shot in DC and the reason is you don't see this a lot anymore because we're so much more cynical, but the reverence to Washington, D.C. and the monument and the Constitution, and because they kept spouting off stuff about the Constitution and the founding fathers. That's because George Cooker, as an immigrant, revered uh, this country and Washington, D.C. In, in particular. That whole Jefferson Memorial thing, that wasn't in the original shooting script. He added it because he just loves that monument. So I love that part of it. And, and from a master class in comedic timing, that gin game yeah. is one of the funniest things I've ever seen with very little dialogue in it. The timing between the two of them and the reactions between the two of them was just hilarious because they, I mean, there were beats in that. They just yeah. held well, she's it. Shuffling so, the and it just you, went did, on. And you're did like, you read the just, thing that, that she doesn't like to fly? So they took a train yeah, from New York. They took a train, and that's all they did was play. They played gin the whole time. And she and, ended up winning money from him. Right, $800 or something. Uh, but the, 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 the beats where, you know, you could drive a truck through the beats of that scene, but it worked perfectly because the payoff was gin at the end <laughs> and getting all fresh. It was just great, you know? And she, she was wonderful in the movie. Uh, again, did she deserve the Oscar versus Ann Baxter or Betty Davis? Probably not. But as someone who's always been a bigger fan of comedies and drama, I, I'm always thrilled when somebody wins for a comedy. And uh, it wasn't that it wasn't deserving, but relatively speaking to that, probably not. But I, I really like this movie. Uh, I, I agree with Chris, though, that one scene where it really took a different turn for me because you expect a happy Hollywood ending. You don't expect something like that. Like he's going to end up having a heart of gold, the gangster. No, nope, he's a bad guy. He, yeah. he was bad throughout the thing. And that just uh, was the cherry on top of it. And again, her reaction to it was, was really powerful. So I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this film. I'm glad you picked it because I hadn't seen it, Deb. So thank yeah, you. I just want to add about the DC scenes. Um, I've been here now 35 years and I still drive around and stare at the stuff and go, Oh my God, this is amazing. Sure. What goes, it, what has gone on here and what yeah. goes on here. And to see those scenes, the way they shot those scenes, 
even in the museum of art they go into yeah. the, the national gallery of art um I just really appreciated that. And, and, but it the difference gorgeous. is like with Mr. Smith goes to Washington, it was all, it was all back plates. Yeah. Right. And this, they went there, right? He's yeah. watching, they're walking in these places. Right. I love that. And I it's amazing to see Mr. them. It's amazing to, to see those places with nobody around too. That's, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. That's right. Too. With no I mean, one you can there. still do that. You can still go. I don't know now, but you could go there at night and get get a nice up close view without a lot of yeah. people. But I did have. I really enjoyed the way they shot Washington D.C. and and how important D.C. was and and, yeah. and and like you said, the Constitution and the country's history to this particular film and what right. she was learning. Right. I will say my favorite line in the whole thing. Is when uh, the the gangster said something, and she goes double negative. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you just drop that in. I mean, it was her. Your time. You're right. Her timing was just. It was there. Now, if she had done the play, I guess that's all part well, of Well, he that, did, but, too. I mean, yeah. Roger Crawford did, too. So they obviously had a good working relationship with the timing. But yeah. then you throw, you throw William Holden in there. I mean. Here's the thing about a screenplay and, you know, uh, uh, a screenplay and then a playwright. Is totally different. So Sean has been working on transferring a uh, play into a movie, and it's near impossible. They've tried. They've tried for years, like for you and Mike. They've been working on it for four years. They had a big company, Toby's uh, Dinner Theater down in Baltimore, or uh, Ellicott City, Mm -hmm. Columbia. They had a big production, beautiful, but it just wouldn't work as a movie. They just can't make it into a movie. So it's difficult. Yeah, I guess. But I'm sure this wasn't I'm sure this wasn't that far off from the stage play. No. Right. Well so, this was uh, a very comp this was a very complicated rock yours. Music. Yours. Rock musical. Okay. Yeah. All right. I wanna I, I love wanna Debbie. Say, I, wanna, I love that you're always selling for him. You're always shilling for your husband. It's I amazing. Love <laughs> oh my I god. Wanna, go, ahead. go ahead, Drew. I want to say a couple of things. First of all, I know what Sean's favorite line was, and it was uh Howard St. John who played the gangsters basically advisor who knew that what he was doing was wrong. At the end, when it looks like they're gonna basically hold the lead characters hostage or maybe kill them, he says uh he, he uh advises William Holden that he's pulled a real boner. Yeah. And I thought of Sean. <laughs> so uh the other thing is that that scene that we've been talking about where he assaults her. And I think it's, I think it's fair to, to know that when you see an older movie like this, that you're seeing it through your modern eyes. And it's also, I think important to consider for better or worse, what it would have looked like to a contemporary audience. And I also think that people bring like their own perspective and their own experience to a movie. So when I saw that scene, of course, what I saw was the swastikas in the wallpaper. And I thought, wow, that's, really surprising that they had these and they're they're facing the the to the right they're they're not like oh it's the the original backwards one they are instantly recognizable swastikas and that was really weird in 1950 five years after the war that they just had that i missed that i didn't see that oh no it's there but then at the end of that scene she screams she screams that he's a fascist right and i was like holy shit that's really clever production design because it's all there it was really, it was just really bizarre because I'll it have distracted to, well, me. I'll have to, play a fascist, that. and I'm born in New Jersey. She knows that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, there was some abroad's abroad. That's another one. <laughs> abroad's abroad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right, let's rate it. You want to rate it? Oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
What do you want to say? You have something else you want to sell? <laughs> well, I got this book. No, just kidding. <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's easy to look at um, the relationship with Broderick Crawford. And although you're right, Drew, it's that kind of thing was, I wouldn't say it was probably ever acceptable, but it was less common at the time. I mean, more common at the time. Yeah. But um, what about William Holden's relationship with her? I mean, he obviously loves her and this and that. But is he, you know, is he letting her be hers? He creating her in his own image. Is she, you there know, was some my fair lady vibe in that thing. Yeah, um, that's we weren't I, sure where it was going to go. That's true. I don't see that. I, I see. I I think he thinks he's helping her, and no, I'm sure he is. Yeah, he definitely ultimately is. Ultimately, he does. She ends well, up. Here's becoming, my question: What does he get from her? The money. No, what? there's no money. There's no money. She didn't take any money at the end. She's going to. But no, she no, said, I'm going to give you back these contracts. I don't want any money. She didn't want yeah. that at all. I, I think she, she, like he said, he likes her body and her brain. And I, I think that's what it is. I don't think it's anything. What do you, what, what are you thinking, Ralph? He just wants to bag her. Is that what you're thinking? No, no. I'm thinking, is he, is this like a, is he enjoying the fact that someone's learning from him? It's, it's awakening his. You know his I mean. it, history it, too. I'm not. Yeah, I. You know. Yeah, of course he's, he's going for a body. Yeah, he's Who opening wouldn't? her up to things that she hadn't seen before. That's right. I, which I is also opening it. You know, you're looking at somebody. You're looking at something through somebody's new eyes. Gets you yeah, excited. Exactly. Like going to the Blossoming. movies with your kids, Chris. Right. You're seeing it through their eyes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And you know, I'm just trying to get it on. A, you know, trying to. You, you know, know, I think you know. I think that's what I don't think it's anything. Uh, I, I think that's a great. I didn't way get anything skeevy out of it. I thought I'd go with him. I'm not saying he was skeevy, but. You're sure making it sound like it, Sean. No, no, no. What that's, I'm just how, is, that's just how Sean sounds, John. Don't. don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just skeevy. I, I got it. It's just his vibe. It means I have this little. I think his his intentions are quite noble. No, what I'm saying. No, his intentions are noble. But is he mm-hmm. what be calling mansplaining something? I'm just saying. If you look at contemporary no, relationships, just... well, he got hired. Yeah, Debbie is, is right. He got hired to teach her. It's funny at the end when he's like, I don't, I don't have a price. And I was like, no, you do. It's $200. 200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the goofy, when the cop pulls him over and let me see your license. Ooh, it's the marriage Whoa. license. Oh my it God. Does, it does. I have almost really threw up a little in my ending. mouth for that one. But you know, I, yeah. she got yeah. me through the whole movie. I could get through that one because yeah. she won the movie for me. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, obviously, really. it's no. I mean, I'm not, I'm not brilliant, but and and I just, I just thought he, I don't know what it is about. Yeah, William Holden's now. I may have to dump Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, there's William in your heart for both of them. I just couldn't get over how I was just amazed. Like this guy, this guy. All right, enough. Um, let's rate it. What the hell, Chris? Yippee Kaye. We say Yippee Kaye or no? Yeah, I enjoyed it. John. You know me, yippee ki yay. I say yippee ki as well. Drew? I'd say yippee ki eh, eh, it was okay. Well, I didn't know. I'll have to look for the Nazi stuff. In no, no, yeah, I didn't know about the Nazi symbolism. That it's in that hotel my... room right there. That's, that's back there. Sean, whatever, how about you? Whatever the yippee room ki-yay. is, that fight it. I know, Debbie, you're a yippee ki yes. All right, good and, one, and Debbie. And before Debbie. we get to the next round, I just want to say, hey, everybody out there, this this is pretty riveting conversation. So subscribe, hit the notification button. We hope we, we, we hope we earn your right. like. So give us a like. Also. And the other thing is, we're getting close to episode one hundred. And the talk is, we may do one hundred live on Facebook with Ooh. drinking. With well, well, 
It's the only way I'm going to go. No, no, I'm serious drinking. Oh, um, just I'm just throwing it out there. Heroin, I guess. Do we want to let's we'll talk about? Do we want to do a movie or just do like the best? Talk about what we've done the last. I think we should do. We should talk about the hundred episodes. Okay, just what our fates were. Yeah, that's what I I think. That's what we should do. All right. Well, we'll look at that. All right. Until then, we have another uh, spin to do. Spin to win. Spin to win. No ladies, all dudes. It's a sausage fest. It is a sausage fest. Oh, hey. sausage. Look at that. What a coincidence. Uh, what that a coincidence. That, Isn't that, that interesting? What? Because he said sausage and it landed on me? That's so weird. That's right, podcast daddy. All right, podcast daddy. All right, wow. I am the main. I am so the random. Head, I'm the head mother podcaster. He's the so, uh, so random. I, I really, I got to, I want to be smart about this one. So give me a couple days. Um, to come up with a good one, okay? And please keep it under three ninety nine. Oh, you guys! You know what? I I rented this one again to put it back here for three ninety nine for this podcast, okay? So there we go. All right, you got to spend money. I'm like Wait, I'm like you Francis have HBO Max, isn't it? It was on you know what it is, yeah, Sean. Not, I realized I'm Francis Ford Coppola and you are George it's Lucas. On Hulu. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola acted like he had money and had none. You have it and act like you have none, what? and don't spend it. Yeah. <laughs> Where? So there we go. Where? I just compared I myself. Do, I'm start, I just I'm compared myself to Coppola. I'm going to start a Yippie Kaye GoFundMe page. Please do. Oh, we Please need do. some cash flow. Uh, no, no. it'll be depressing when it says zero zero zero. Oh no! Don't you worry about it. I got plenty right. of friends. I'll, I'll find it. I got to think of a good one because um, five bucks here, five bucks there. It adds up. We've kind of drifted from our our main, you know, the '70s films. I think we got to bring a good one back. That's because most '70s films suck. That's not true. All right. So gritty. They're just so gritty. Debbie, thank you very much. I think that's, I think that's the first time I saw it. John saw it. I think Drew, you said the same thing, right? I've never seen it. First time you've seen. Yeah, no, I've never seen it. Oh, nice. So that's what's that I enjoyed about this one. I saw something we hadn't seen. Can I say something? I've seen it a couple times, but for, but when he hit her in that thing, it still really surprised me because I always, Remembered the lighter parts of the film, mm-hmm. so it was like it was it like I was like, what? well, it's violent and it's loud. I mean, there's no yeah. question he, he slaps her and a little scary. And, yeah, because yeah. like I said, it looks and, like he's you know, gonna hit her you've again. Been, you've been rooting for her the whole time, and right. that just was shocking. So yeah, okay, yeah. look at us. We're so enlightened. It's amazing. I'm telling you, amazing. what a world. All right, so Drew, you're going to join us next week too, right? I would be honored. Thank you okay, very good. much. And Chris, same with you. You just let me know, everybody. Yeah, it shouldn't shouldn't be. You're not getting a haircut. I mean, you're not getting hair done that day. You should never cut that hair, ever, (laughs) ever. And hey, Chris, I'm going to give you one piece of advice. Whenever you're in front of the camera, Mm -hmm. pretend like you're on camera, okay? Because you and your wife looked so angry before you knew that you were on. Okay, I wish we were recording because I'm like, I would love to hear what they're saying. Yeah, you really was. Was I think I might have been recording. It really looked like she was going to smack you and make you sign stuff. It was pretty intense. We were nervous. Um, we got nervous. But she was so lovely on the big show that we knew she would never do that. So. Well, uh, you know, right. it's uh, there's a little, it, you know, I can't do that. But, of course, you know, women beating men, that's a little more socially acceptable these days. No, yeah, absolutely. No, Believe like me. I said, my uh, my complete inability to ever get anything to work right. Uh, does great. I mean, we've been together for like 15 years, all told. So um, I can see why she kind of gets sick of me going, hey, how do, how do I make this microphone work? <laughs> yeah, that would be annoying. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you deserve to get hit. 
Ralph wanted to know if you got wow. the media package. He said, didn't he get the media package? <laughs> well, you know, she has slowly and surely created it over over the time with various, you know. Uh, she is your producer. Giving. There's no question. She is, yes. She is your producer. So, But I, I, I think I just couldn't get this microphone. <laughs> it's just, it's really upsetting. All right, well, well, Sean got a new camera and mic and computer. He's looking great. Everybody's looking good. So everybody have a good week. Yep. And uh, we'll see you next week. I'll give you the movie in a couple days and uh, nice. we'll go at it. All right. All right. Thank All you. everybody. Have a safe Thank one, you guys.